You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 142. For this edition of the podcast, I had the opportunity to chat with Pat and Chase of Austin, Texas trio Chill Russell. The band just released their latest EP, Soak Up the Sound, in late August. And it packs some furious energy and mammoth riffs across its five tracks. During the interview, we talked about the band's experience working with veteran producer Chris Frenchie Smith on the EP, the inspiration behind the title, their involvement with New York City label Greenwich Recordings, and a whole lot more. We'll dive into the interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look at My Records website, where you can find reviews, premieres of new songs, specially curated playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. Great to have you here, Chase and Patrick of Chill Russell. Coming at me from Austin, Texas, I believe. Yes, sir. That's That's right. Awesome. I love Austin. I went there for the first time in 2019. Really enjoyed it. Beautiful city. Yeah, it's a great music town. Uh, Unfortunately, things have been quiet the last six months or so, but until then, we are having a great time here. So, you released a new EP, Soak Up the Sound. It's awesome, but it's been a really weird year in many different ways. What's it been like putting out a record in 2020? Uh, it's been interesting for sure. Uh, we, we started writing and uh, recording it back in October of 2019. And, uh, you know, things turned out much differently than we anticipated. But I think, you know, once we we're getting close to being done with recording it. We decided now was the time to release it. We didn't want to wait until 2021. And it felt like a very relevant relevant album to release, you know, even though we started writing it before the pandemic. Yeah, it just felt like the right time to do it. So we put it out. Uh, it's out on streaming services now. And uh, yeah, we're just really proud of uh, how it turned out. Yeah, and the whole, the whole album name, which I came up with, kind of developed out of a, it kind of developed into a statement about the current events that were going on. Uh, the, the title Soak Up the Sound came from this news story I heard about like empty train stations overseas, still playing like a public announcement, but no passengers there to soak up the sound is where I got wow. the idea from. And so the title is pandemic kind of related, but we also don't want to be really cliche at the same time and write songs about like toilet paper or hand sanitizer. Too. <laughs> you know, we want to make like a, like a, uh, creative um intellectual kind of statement about things without being too on on the nose about stuff you know yeah totally and you know listening to the ep i'm specifically thinking of living in your head there's certain lines in there that really ring true to kind of this almost apocalyptic situation we're in how does that feel to write something and then you can't even envision how 
prescient it was, basically, or how applicable it would be to something that you didn't even envision ever yeah. occurring. How does that feel? I find that any any song I write does tend to take on different meanings later on. Now, so even more. So I, it, it feels pretty cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not saying I'm. I, you know, see the future. It's a weird feeling. It's the it is a, it's kind of a strange feeling, but it works out well. And another example I would cite would be the Strokes' recent album, The New Abnormal. Yeah, uh, which, which they said was written originally about Trump, but then it turned out it came out in the middle of the pandemic, and now it's got this whole new other kind of meaning that they, they didn't even you know predict. Yeah, but you know, even on songs that aren't my own, I love how they can take on different meanings as time goes on and you know especially the, the the great songwriters like bob dylan and the beatles and you know they can be as relevant now as they were then in many ways and so that's just one of the really neat parts of of lyric writing and you know just uh the pop music in particular that they can take on those different meanings yeah how do you approach lyric writing chase do you write most of the lyrics for this project and the uh, songs yeah, yeah. so how do you approach it because they do seem to really be applicable to a variety of situations i i typically write melodies first and uh, the lyrics are essentially just kind of gibberish and once some words start uh, coming together that make sense in some little like even if it's just one line if it starts to make sense then I'll uh, latch onto that as my topic and then try to write the rest of the lyrics based off of that. And so, yeah, I'm always trying to find or inject some kind of meaning into my songs. I don't want to just say, you know, I fell in love with a girl and now she loves me and, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I, I go for like the deeper stuff, but at the same time, I don't want to be uh, like preachy with my lyrics or feel like, like he said, a little too cliche. So it's always a fine line of, you know, saying what I want to say, but still having it be accessible for other people. Cool. And I love Soak Up The Sound. I like how high energy and in your face it is basically all of the songs. I like the first kind of interlude track, which is just a bunch of different sounds. And there's some spoken word clips that are kind of muffled in there. And then the EP really kickstarts with the sound of one of you guys plugging into an amplifier. What, what were you going for with that? intro because it kind of basically calms you down sort of and then it really you know the energy level goes through the roof basically kind of sound collage yeah I, I can't remember what made us decide to do that but basically we had four songs ready and i guess well as an intro track we wanted a way to like introduce you to this musical world which is the ep and we kind of like debated if we wanted to make it a musical intro track and ultimately we decided to just do more like a sound collage like yeah. you said so once we started putting it together uh we knew we wanted it so it, it starts off uh you're kind of on like a subway platform and so that was our uh the base if you will that we based everything else on and then we you know, added like a uh, air raid siren. Yeah, uh, me walking around the kitchen uh, yeah. with falling around the iPhone. Yeah, recording my footsteps. So it's just like random sounds, and um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to make them all work. And it, if you um, 
think of like the beginning of Sergeant Pepper's. Uh, theirs is a lot shorter, but they have this kind of, it it's, uh, starts with a few sounds, the like mixed together. Yeah, the audience, and then, you know, you kick in the Sergeant Pepper. So it was kind of loosely based off of that, but we just wanted to create this world and, uh, you know, kind of put you in a place and make sure you're ready to hear the music. And it also kind of, you know, once again, relates to the pandemic because the BBC News Hour is actually in there too. And so we tried to like kind of bury it in there so it's not like the first thing you hear, but if you listen to it really closely on headphones, you can hear all the different things. Going. And, and that kind of all tells the story, like you enter this world of like, okay, we're here in this odd world now. And like, but and, and it all leads up, you know, Hold On wasn't initially going to be like the second like lead off track, but we Chase recorded it with the guitar plugging in that way before we had the title, before we had the concept. Mm -hmm. And then just, we were lined up we're like, you know, let's run the sound collage. And then he plugs it in, like the band's walking on stage kind of thing. And then we start. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of the thinking behind that. Yeah, that's a really, it's a very cool segue. And that's interesting that she didn't originally have that song as the second track, but it's totally perfect the way it goes right into each other. Yeah, on on, on nice. Hold On, the, the guitar plugging thing, I, I don't know why I wanted to do it, but it just, it was such like a, it has a, a very big chorus and it's just like, you know, distorted guitars and it's like a wall of sound kind of thing. And so I told our producer, uh, Frenchie, um, I was like, so, you know, while we we're doing guitar overdubs, I'm like, hey, Frenchie, can we, um, I want to do this, like, you know, plugging in sound with the guitar cable. And he's like, uh, okay. And keep in mind, I'm, I'm playing through his Marshall amp that he's had for like 30 years. <laughs> and so nerve wracking. Yeah. So he, he's on the, uh, the talk back in the studio. He's like, well, maybe we should get, uh, like a different amp set up for you. And I'm not like putting two and two together. I, I'm thinking he just like wants the sound of the different amp. I'm like, no, this will work fine. <laughs> so I unplug the cable, plug it back in. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I was just unplugging it. So I did it again. He's like, Please stop doing that. To my <laughs> and, and like by that point, he just like gives up. He's like, "Okay, you already recorded it." Like, and we're like, "We're keeping that, dude. Don't make me do it again." Like, we're keeping that. And so we had a joke that 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 sound is the sound of, of Frenchie hating. Yeah, his head exploding. Yeah, all <laughs> the console. Yeah, surprised he let us back in the studio after that, but it's all good. That's a very cool story related to the recording of "Soak Up the Sound." I do want to ask you about working with. Uh, Chris Frenchie Smith at his studio, The Bubble. How did you wind up working with him? And what was it like? Because I believe you recorded your first deep, uh, your first album, self-titled, by yourselves, right? So what was this ex experience like compared to that? And how'd it go? It was great. Uh, so yeah, he was the first outside producer we'd ever brought in. Uh, we had met him through other local bands and like the Austin music scene, just seeing other people go record with and work with him, uh, bumping in at him at shows and stuff like that. So we all, we knew who each other were for like a couple of years at least. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, uh, our bass player Daniel produced the uh, full length LP we released in 2018. We went out to his house, it's outside Austin, and he had like a backyard studio that he put together. And we all kind of combined all the equipment that we had for home recording. And uh, it turned out great for a DIY album. Uh, we're still really, really amazed at it. But um, I guess the reason why we wanted to go to see Frenchie is that um, he, he kind of, we, we want to step things up with an outside producer and, and the turnaround time would be a lot faster. And, and the, the 
the tools and hardware and toys and stuff he has in the bubble is like like leaps and bounds beyond what we have here at, at our houses and stuff. And he's, he's a really hands-on producer. Like he would spend hours with us. He would come over to my this house for band practice before the studio day to be like, hey, play this. I want to hear this live and in person. Like really, really hands-on and involved producer. I was blown away by how much time he would spend with us before we even set foot in the studio. So um, overall, it was a it was a fantastic experience. Yeah, and I'll I'll just add that when we first were discussing uh, recording the EP, um, you know, like Patrick said, we we did the the full length all on our own, and uh, you know, I, we're we're really proud of that album. But when we were deciding what we wanted to do with this one, I told Patrick, I, I said, what you know, what if we go into the studio to do this? And he said, Yeah, that, that, you know, that sounds good. And then uh, you know. We, talked a little more and I said uh, what if we work with a producer he's like yeah we could do that too and so we started thinking about producers and what about Frenchie yeah let's, let's see. I, I bumped into him yeah. a show into a, at a show like uh, yeah. 18 months ago like in a cold February night somewhere yeah. at a gig um, and uh, I was like hey how are you doing like good to see you and that's we started texting and emailing and that's kind of where we yeah. kicked off and yeah long story short we contacted him and he said yeah I'd love to work with you guys and so that that was that that's very cool and was this something that was many many sessions or like something you guys kind of banged out in a couple of days and he likes to do basically one song a day yeah. and so there's really four songs on the ep and one intro track so we did it over we what did, four different four studio days we right? did two days in october one, like a like a weekend one in november went back in november and then one um, in uh july is that was that yeah yeah we went back okay. in july because right. we had to finish the ep you know everything got put on hold and we had to go back and just record one song so that was like you know we go back to the studio and we're like wearing masks and like we, we were basically one of the first bands he had back in the studio uh, once they were able to open back up. Um, but yeah, everything, you know, worked fine. And uh, yeah, we got the, the EP done and, you know, released in a timely manner. Cool. What was that like, the delay finishing the EP essentially almost a year before you started it in the studio and then finished it in the studio? Was, was there anything about that that really presented any challenges to completing it or getting in the zone? I'd say, well, it gave us some more time to kind of finish writing out the album because uh, the, the fifth song, Let Go, hadn't been completed when we went in initially. And so it gave us time to like, because when we first released uh, the lead off single, we didn't have a title of the EP yet. We didn't know a release date. We didn't really know what concept or format we wanted to release it in. And so it gave us time to kind of figure a lot of that out. Um, our last live show was on February 14th here in Austin. And so when all that shut down and we didn't get to play South by or anything, we kind of got to take a step back, come, come home and quarantine like everyone else and figure out like, what do we, what do we want to make a statement about with this? What's the concept? What's the story and how are we going to close it out? And with the, like a finale kind of song. So it gave us some time to regroup. I think I didn't, I wouldn't say it hurt us at all. And if anything, it helped us get a more focused kind of a statement to make with it. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. That's great. And like I've mentioned a couple of times already, I really like how energetic the EP is. I've never seen Chill Russell play live, but I can imagine that it kind of really captures the energy you put into your live shows and things like that. Did you do anything to prepare 
before going into the studio to kind of capture that vibe and that energy on the EP? Band practice? We're yeah, the uh, I would say that, he, you know, Patrick was saying that Frenchie would come over and basically sit in on our, you know, on our rehearsals. And um, one of the things he wanted to do was capture the live energy. Uh, it's, uh, being a three-piece, you know, everyone has, I, I guess you could say everyone has a bigger part in the sound. And so he wanted to really focus on, especially when it came down to tracking us in the studio, he recorded us as a, a live band. Um, you know, it, everything still had overdubs, but the main energy of each track um, reflected that. We just played the three of us in a room, drums, guitar, and bass, and just hammered out all the rhythm tracks like we would a live show. So yeah, I would say it, it almost has a live feel because of that and you capture that energy and like everyone feeds off of each other rather than just starting with a guitar and then some layers on top of that and you know so on and your, your first album is similar similarly energetic did you do that did you record that live too or did you approach that uh, differently? No. Yeah. when we were doing that we would uh we, we came close to it, basically. Like scratch guitar track with me playing the Yeah, yeah so Pat Patrick and I have been playing together for... Uh, five plus years five now? Plus years. Yeah. And so we just have this kind of uh, synchronicity between each other. And so we would track, we would track uh, his drums with my guitar part. And my guitar part might not be the you know the one i lay down initially might not be the one that stays on the record but it, we at least had something for him to kind of feed off of uh, but that was a lot more uh, be well and this is because daniel uh really produced that album uh we couldn't all play at the same time yeah, yeah. because he was you know someone has to be clicking record in yeah. the space bar right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um tell me a little bit about how this project started chill russell you guys just mentioned you've been playing together for five years. What's the origin story around the three of you playing music together? Yeah, great question. Uh, so, Chill Russell started kind of out of other bands that I had been in previously in Austin. Um, I've lived in Austin since 2009, and I met Chase through some other bands in the Austin music scene. Um, we, we were also on Greenwich Recordings, so I know you spoke with Mark. Yes. Uh, and so Mark, Mark and I co-founded Chill Russell together, actually. Um, Chase joined in shortly after, uh, and that was in 2016. So um, we've been the band has been around for four years, but it's kind of a uh, a culmination of so many things that we've all done uh, with previous bands. Like Chase was in a band before Chill Russell, I was in a band before Chill Russell, and Daniel was in a band before Chill Russell. So we all kind of brought that experience together to make something real serious and focused and kind of pointed with what we wanted to do to make like a big a big sound, you know fast-paced uh, three-piece. Yeah. Who are some bands that you were listening to while you wrote and recorded this EP? I kind of feel like capture that energy as well. well uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, yeah the, comes the moment. Stone Age, uh, the new... Well, it hadn't been out at that time, but we're huge Strokes fans. Strokes, yeah, um, love them. But yeah, you know, we, we always have our, you know, uh, influences that... Even if we're not currently listening to them, you know, it's, it's like Nirvana. it's ingrained into us, if you will. Yeah, like Nirvana. And uh, I'm a, a big like Jimi Hendrix fan and Led Zeppelin, you know, all the, the guitar gods, if you will. But yeah, um, I would say it's just like 
the cool thing about this band is that we each bring a little bit of different influences. We're not all coming from the exact same place, and so we're able to uh, meet in the middle uh, with all all those different kind of sounds that, that we bring to the table. And since you've been quarantined, live music is not really happening right now. What have you been doing as a band to pass the time? Have you been working on new material, writing new songs, demoing uh, songs and things like that? You know, I'd say a lot of our time right now has been focused on promotion and our social media stuff. When the album was rolling out here in mid-August, we were just, we were spending our nights uh, banging out emails on the computer, uh, you know, saying, looking for premieres, looking for single features for, for interviews, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we've been kind of in promotion mode the last uh, yeah. couple months. And and we, we both are heavily involved with Greenwich recordings as well. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I do more of like A and R and artist services, and then Patrick does. Uh, tell him what, what all operations and graphic yeah. design. Yeah. 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 So and, and so for me, um, one of the, the things I've been able to do is just listen to a ton of uh, un well, to me, unheard music and artists, and and that's been really, you know, eye opening for me because you know you get. Uh, stuck in the music you like and listen to and kind of tend to listen to the same things over and over. So it's kind of uh, pushed me outside of that box a little bit and uh, just really appreciate uh, discovering new music. You know, it's a very adolescent kind of thing where you're just like finding all these great artists and it's, um, yeah, just really um, rewarding to when you hear great talent, you know, you just know when you hear it. And so listening to different genres and, and artists and just, uh, you know, being able to, to talk with those artists and work with them um, has, you know, uh, I wouldn't say been like eye-opening, but it, it definitely pushes me creatively to keep uh, expanding what I do. Yeah, and your involvement with Green Witch Recordings, this great new label based here in New York City, run by Mark, who I've interviewed in previously. Did your involvement with that kind of step up because you know, live music was gone and you didn't really have a ton of band-related things to do? Or was this something you were kind of always going to be really, really involved with? I think that's good. Something yeah. something I think Greenwich has really helped us with lately is that we realized that once the pandemic hit and all these music videos have been closed for six months now, we realized that bands can still release music. Yeah. And a lot of people might have this like fear right now. They're going, oh no, I can't release my new album because I can't go play a show. Well, what we've kind of been doing with Greenwich is we want to make it clear that there's plenty of people can still do to release music. People are begging for new content right now because they're getting sick of binge watching all the stuff on Netflix they've already seen. You know, and I think that there's a great opportunity to like press records, ship cassettes, you know, uh, do it, podcast interviews and do everything else you can do that when when shows aren't an option, I think is, is the beauty of what Greenwich has given us right now, because it's given us an, like a channel to still be able to operate like that and still promote, still release and not feel like it's just falling on on deaf ears. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just add that we, we were definitely interested in working with the label prior to everything. I mean, it, it roughly started in January of this year. I think really for both of us, it, it's um, kind of the culmination of uh, being involved in music and, and playing in bands for so many years. And it's just like you reach a point where uh, these connections kind of make sense and you uh, learn where to focus your energy. And so uh, not only... 
doesn't provide an outlet for us as a band, but we can uh, help other bands and, you know, really be a, um, a real, uh, you know, kind of spokesman for those other bands and, uh, you know, guide them, if you will, because like we're, we're primarily interested in helping them find success, whatever that means for them. And so, you know, we don't really tell anyone what to do, but we definitely give advice and uh, artists helping artists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool because it seems like you both, well, the three of you, Mark included, have a lot of experience playing in bands and doing things that are necessary that don't involve playing music in the band as well. So it's cool that you can impart that wisdom onto younger artists and things like that. Yeah, and I I, I will say um, we were, essentially in the beginning, we were doing tour booking for bands and that got shut down very quickly. And so we did have to shift focus to more, uh, you know, publicity focused things and live streams. Uh, We've been, we've had two uh, showcases with uh, a company called Juju Live, uh, which is um, run by uh, Rain Mada Mada, uh, from Our Lady Peace. And so we did these like Greenwich takeover live streams where each one had four or five bands that, uh, you know, basically played like if you went to a venue and watched four or five bands on a bill, it was the same kind of thing. So you just saw all of all four or five bands, uh, you know, on the same showcase. That's great. And last question before we play some tunes from Soak Up the Sound. What song are you most looking forward to playing live once live shows return? I think we know the answer to this. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, okay, both of you say it at the same time. Three, uh, two, uh, one. Let Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, let, so Let Go, the final song on the EP, we've never played live because Chase had demos of it, like going back for the last year, but it wasn't until the pandemic hit that it, we finished, we filled it out and finished writing it. So we have never played that song live. That's why yeah, we're on yeah. the same page with that. Wavelengths, bro. Yeah, and, and uh, it, it's just a really rock and roll song. Heavy Queens of the Stone Age influence on that, I think just because of like the guitar riffs in there. It, yeah, it's just a heavy, cool song. And I, I, we played the other songs live before, but I, I think this one, not only just because we haven't played it, but it, I think it's just gonna be a, a cool song that will get people's attention and yeah, just totally. It's a very rock and roll song. So that's interesting because that was one of the songs that you didn't record last October and I guess wound up recording in July. So how yeah. did that song evolve, would you say, from you kind of had it done in 2019, but then as time went on, it kind of became something different when you went to record it in July of this year? I think that that was one that uh, we had the, you know, like the general uh, guitar riffs and intro and most of the chord changes, but we hadn't finished it. It was just one that you you have songs that are easy to finish and then other ones get kind of like, you'll get maybe halfway done with it and not know, you know, where to go with it. So I, I, if anything, uh, knowing that we had to finish the EP just forced us to you know, sit down in a room and hash it out and, you know, finish the lyrics. And, um, yeah, once again, Frenchie, the producer, uh, sat down with us and, you know, threw out some ideas and just helped us see it, see it better as a, a whole, like what we wanted to do with it, I guess. 
Um, so he, he helped with arrangement. Yeah. We, we were busting out keyboards and synthesizers and trying all kinds of things to figure out like the, how the breakdown, how the song would end. And so uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun to uh, to kind of uh, it, we enjoyed the journey and and, and we want to have a finale sense too for the for the album. Yeah, totally. And it definitely has that. With did he kind of make those? Uh, what, what were some of the suggestions and ideas that he had? Uh, do you remember? Uh, so he'll he'll just shuffle around some things. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's writing. He he likes to, to you know he takes credit for for arrangement on some of our songs too, and like uh, just things like the the drum beats, like you know like do 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 like small yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll pop in ideas like that. And and I remember specifically, you know, there's the basically the main guitar riff that uh, happens right before verse one, and then again before verse two. And he just had a suggestion like, hey, why don't you throw just like half of that riff in in the middle of the chorus and just little things like that that I wouldn't have like thought of on my own. And so, you know, we try it and it works. And so we, you know, I think he really hasn't had a bad idea so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all pretty good. That's cool. That's that's good. Frenchy. If they were all bad ideas, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're full of good ideas, Frenchy. All right, let's play some songs from the EP. We're going to play all four besides Soak Up the Sound. Maybe I'll fit in Soak Up the Sound, actually, because it would be good to combine it with Hold On. So why don't we do that? Play Soak Up the Sound, Hold On, Living in Your Head, and Sound the Alarm. These are all from Chill Russell's new EP, Soak Up the Sound.
right, we're back. We heard the first four tracks from Chill Russell's brand new EP, Soak Up the Sound. We heard the title track, Soak Up the Sound, Hold On, Living in Your Head, and Sound the Alarm. The EP is available on all streaming services, and you can pre-order it on vinyl via greenwitchrecordings.com. Now, we're stepping into the second part of the show where Chill Russell picks some records from my record collection, and we're going to talk about them and play them, starting with New Radicals. The New Radicals, it's funny because I I remember that record when it came out. Um, I I was pretty young at that point. I was like 9 or 10 when I heard it. My, My mom, a lot of moms don't have great musical tastes, you know, I'd say objectively, but my mom was really into like the '90s alternative and uh, just really the stuff that that I enjoy. And it's quite possible that I enjoy it because she listened to it when I was growing up. But she that was a, a CD she had bought when it first came out, and I loved it then. And then um, when I think I want to say this was like halfway through recording, or maybe right before we went to the studio, Frenchie said. You know, listen to some new radicals. I'm like, I love new radicals. And what he wanted me to um, kind of get from it was um, more of the ad lib vocals and just like, you know, kind of putting things out there, like, you know, rather than holding back, just like, you know, don't be scared to just say whatever comes off the top of your head. And so he really pushed me in the studio to uh, get outside of my comfort zone. Um, and I did go back and listen to new radicals again and just like kind of refresh that. Um, you know, memory that I had from being younger and listening to it. Yeah, this record is so cool. Greg Alexander, the guy is an incredible songwriter, very influenced by like Todd Rundgren. And I feel like even influenced by Prince at times on this record. And the lyrics are really, it's funny because I don't think this had a parental advisory tag back in the day when uh, they yeah. would all have them. But some of these songs are really explicit <laughs> and they're, yeah, they're great yeah. though. Like this one, mother, we can't, we just can't get enough is the first song on the record. And he's, he's so good with his lyrics are crazy. Like you said, like ad libbing lyrics and really good layer, good at layering and arranging too on this this album it's fucking incredible yeah yeah i mean his songwriting like blows me away even now and um what's so crazy is that like that was the only album they made is new radicals he just like didn't enjoy the spotlight and he kept writing music i think for movies and and you know other artists but just kind of like stepped away after that so we have this one album of the new radicals and that's all you get i've really played that cd to death over the years so cool cool pick and then i eventually got it on vinyl i don't think it was ever issued it it was never pressed on vinyl when it originally came out but then they eventually did in like maybe five years ago or whatever all right next bob dylan highway 61 revisited a classic classic yeah I, i i it's hard to pick a favorite Dylan album, but that is definitely top five Dylan albums for me. Um, and that song, 
lyrically is just so interesting because every verse comes back to the Highway 61. And so that, you know, Dylan being a, a mastermind of, of lyrics and songwriting, you know, you can, as a songwriter, you can take a lot from him and just, I, I enjoy like tying things together in, in songwriting. And uh, I, I just thought it was neat how every verse is like its own little story. And then you come back to where you started. Uh, shout out for Ballad of a Thin Man. Um, that is one of my favorite Dylan songs of all time. Yep. Um, and you just wrap your head around everything he's, he's saying in there is is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's such a chilling tune. It is. It's a and chilling it tune, and yeah. And he's so bitter and it like cuts really deep, um, which a lot of his stuff does. Uh, but, but lyrically, I think it's just so deep. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. After that, Father John Misty, Mr. Tillman. Yeah, uh, so I, I love Father John Misty. Uh, that song has always caught my attention just because I thought it was a really neat concept that, and, and I, don't, I, I haven't read the story behind the, the song, but it, uh, it sounds like he's writing the song to himself. I mean, yeah. That, that uh, concept kind of like blew my mind. Like I, you know, I'd never think to put my own name in a song like that. And so he's just a really crafty writer, I think. And uh, I love all of the stuff, but that that's definitely one of my top ones. Great tune. After that, fellow Austin band Spoon. Do I have to yeah. talk you into it? Yeah, you don't have to talk me into liking Spoon. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we had to have an Austin band. Yes. Uh, Spoon is like our, our favorite Austin band. It is. We, yeah, we saw, we've seen them live a couple yeah, times here in town. Live, uh, uh, and also, and their drummer, Jim Eno, has a studio here in Austin called Public Hi-Fi. Uh, it's on our list to uh, yeah. go record there and maybe work yeah. with him or one of his other studio assistants. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's a producer as well. Uh, he's produced a lot of um, art, uh, Austin artists. Um, and, and we've... Patrick and I both run into him at various bars. We do. Run into always, we're you know we're trying to uh, contain our. Yeah, we star. haven't we haven't been drinking too much. <laughs> Never contain our excitement and just like <laughs> hey, I think when I uh, for Patrick had met him before and then we went um, to a uh, release show for Walker Lukens, another Austin artist, and we're sitting at the bar and we see Jimino walking the door. So I'm, I'm talking to Patrick about him. And then all of a sudden he's like right behind he's me. He's ordering drinks next to us, yeah. So I turn around and I I don't know if he's heard me talking about him or not. But I just say, hey, Jim, you don't know me, but I know you. <laughs> you <should have> <laughs> him, like, Hi, I'm Chase Mackin. Nice to meet you. Uh, but he, he was super nice yeah. and uh, didn't he wasn't weirded out by me or anything. Um, so they had yeah. free PBR that night. I made sure to tell him, I yeah. said, hey, Jim, they got free PBR <laughs> night. And he was like, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th this song, do I have to talk you into it? Uh, that that whole album's great, but this is just like an example of uh, Jim just like holding it down on the drums, just like a solid beat throughout. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a really cool uh, tune. The synthesizer in the background of that song has like a bomb sound effect going off. It's like, yeah. Yeah, like listen. Yeah. there's a live version on KEXP or something production. on YouTube, and like you see the guy hit the keys, and it's just this bomb wow, sound that cool. just. Yeah. Yeah, it's a killer Easter egg built into like the lower end of the mix. Yeah, um, so I, they literally drop bombs throughout the song. And it, Spoon has been a band for I don't know how long, but they are one of those rare uh, instances of a, a band that just like I think gets yeah. better with time. 
uh, this the, the last album is uh, yeah, very very good. The most recent record. It's funny. I have a similar story about meeting Patrick Carney at the Black Keys. Oh yeah. As nice. to your story with meeting Jim Eno of Spoon, my friend. It was probably about four years ago now. His band was playing with the drummer of Vampire Weekend had a solo project in between the record they just put out and Modern Vampires of the City. And so he was playing shows and touring and things like that. And I guess Patrick Carney produced it or worked on it in some respect, or it was out on his label. So he was at the show. And we were saying, oh, that's Patrick Carney of the Black Keys. And my friend was really drunk. And he... It's like, hey, we know who you are. <laughs> it just went up to him. And, and the other thing was he was with a he was with a girl and we didn't realize at the time it was like, oh, that must have been Michelle Branch. Because he's married to her. Oh, what? Yeah. Wow. And we didn't, we didn't put well, two and two together at the time. Like, you know who you are? And we're like, do you? Yeah. Because <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't put two and two together at that point because of all the alcohol. We just recognized the very distinct looking this Patrick Carney of the Black Keys. You're like, oh my God, did that happen? <laughs> yeah. But that was a fun time. Oh, yeah. And uh, Tame Impala, it might be time. To wrap up the yeah, set. Yeah, right. Hey, so Tim and Paula, I'll talk about Kevin Parker for a second. Kevin Packett. Yeah, From Pat. So Kevin, Kevin Parker is the DIY wizard of, of at home studio recordings, right? Because, like, well, he's got the money to have, like, a bubble quality studio in, in his living room. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I love it. Uh, so, uh, shout out to... So in the world of live streaming and people using like a webcam to record band practice, you know, he did, uh, Stephen Colbert ha- hosted, is still hosting musicians doing at home yeah. performances. And if you haven't seen it, go look up Tame and Paul on The Late Show. And there's this really cool video he did off the Slow Rush, uh, a song from the Slow Rush, where he, it's like a three column video frame with him playing three separate instruments wearing three different sets of clothes and like he records like bass guitar and like singing it super cool video it's really psychedelic um I- i'm blown away by that guy like every year by the new stuff he comes up with yeah uh, and the the bubble he said so the bubble the bubble's the the studio we recorded in um just phenomenal studio uh, but yeah, we're, we're big uh huge tame impala fans uh, i think everything he does is great the slow rush is solid throughout. Uh, this song, um, I, I had a hard time. I, I knew I wanted a, a Tame Impala song uh, just because I, I listen to him so much now. And this one is, uh, you know, the one I ended up on. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It just has a, a really cool breakdown. And then there's like the Kill Bill kind of like, woo, woo, kind of thing. I, I thought that was neat. They, I, I don't know if it's the Kill Bill sound, but it sounds like it. Um, yeah, just to... That's the one, you're not as cool as you used to be, but yeah. you're trying to face it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great song. Um, so yeah, that, that I think might be my favorite from that album. Awesome. All right, now we're going to play these songs. Your record right. picks, and we'll be back.
sun Apes say, man, you must be putting me on God say, no Apes say, what? God say, you can do what you want, ape But the next time you see me coming, you better run Bloody nose Well fed apartment They wouldn't give him no clothes He asked poor Howard Where can I go Howard said There's only one place I know Sam said Tell me quick Man I got to run Said to Louis the King I got 40 red, white, blue shoe strings And a thousand telephones that don't ring Do you know where I can get rid of these things? And Louis the King said Let me think for a minute, son Then he said, yes, I think it can be easily done Just take everything down to Highway 61 One right. My complexion, she says, is much too white. He said, Come here and step into the light. He says, mm, You're right. Let me tell a second mother this has been done. Just a reminder about our 
present stay What a beautiful tattoo that young man had on his face And oh, will you need a driver out to Philly? Jason is Bell's here as well And he seemed a little worried about you I'm feeling good, damn, I'm feeling so fine I'm living on a cloud above an island in my mind Oh baby, don't be alarmed, this is just my vibe No need to walk around, no it's not too bad a climb Mr. Tillman, for the seventh time We have no knowledge of a film That is being shot outside Those aren't extras in a movie They're our clientele No, they aren't running lines And they aren't exactly thrilled Would you like a regalo on the patio? Is there someone we can call? Perhaps you shouldn't drink I'm feeling good, damn, I'm feeling so fine I'm living on a cloud above an island in my mind Oh baby, don't be alarmed, this is just my vibe No need to walk around, no it's not too bad a climb
You 
welcome back. We just heard Chill Russell's record selections. We heard Mother We Can't Just Get Enough by New Radicals. Highway 61 Revisited by Bob Dylan. Mr. Tillman by Father John Misty. Do I Have to Talk You Into It by Spoon. And It Might Be Time by Tame Impala. We're coming to the end of the show. It was excellent having Patrick and Chase of Austin, Texas's Chill Russell on the show. They just put out an awesome EP called Soak Up the Sound. It's available on limited edition vinyl via greenwitchrecordings.com. It's also available on all streaming services. So, what do you what do you guys have planned for the rest of the year? Any additional live streams happening? I know you mentioned doing some earlier well, this year. Well, maybe not. We might have some live streams coming up. Yeah, nothing right now planned. So, I mean, I might paint my garage as a green screen room uh, to stream music videos. Nice, in. that's so, awesome. More, more on that later. Yeah, uh, we also um, we haven't heard back yet, but uh, a few years back we played uh, Mondo Fest in New York, and uh, this year they're doing an all you know digital online kind of version. So we we applied for that. We haven't heard back yet, but I, I think that happens in October typically. Um, so that would be a big one. Uh, we we really like uh, those guys, and uh, you know we we played in in New York. A, well, a few times now, and so that's like our second musical home. And so, any anything we can do, you know, New York, New Jersey um, based, we're we're all about it. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be putting out some more music videos, and uh, yeah, just uh, start writing some new stuff, I guess, for the next record. Cool, and hopefully, live music will be back in twenty twenty one. We're gonna close the show with the final track on. Soak Up the Sun, which we talked about earlier. Let go. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Chase. Hope to see you when you're in New York next. Absolutely, yes, man. And everyone can follow us at the Chill Russell on social media and visit our website, chillrussell.com. Cool. Yes. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, maybe. Some people don't really use All Twitter. Oh, anymore. yeah. The big three. Yes. All of it. And again, this is Let Go from Chill Russell's brand new EP, Soak Up the Sound. <laughs>